a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home, went to live in the country of Moab. He took his wife and his two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malon and Kilian. They were Ephraimites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah, and when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech did, and Naomi, sorry, then Elimelech died. He didn't do anything. He just died. Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah. The other named a woman named Ruth. But about 10 years later, both Malon and Kilian and Elimelech's sons, they died. And that left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab and return to their homeland. With her two daughter-in-laws, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go back to your mother's homes. May the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. And then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down, and they wept together. No, the young women said. We want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, Why should you go with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters. Return to your parents' homes. I am too old to marry again. And even if that were possible, I were, if I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry anybody else? No, of course not. My daughters, things are far more bitter for me than for you because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. Again and again, they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. She said, look, Naomi, your sister-in-law has gone back to her other people and to her gods. You should do the same, Ruth. Go back. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to turn back and leave you. Wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And wherever you die, I'll die there, and I'll be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us first. And when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they got to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is this really Naomi? The women asked. And Naomi responded by saying, do not call me Naomi. Instead, just call me Mara, for the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? And so Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law, Ruth, the young Moabite woman, they arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into some harvest fields and I'll pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anybody who's kind enough to let me do it. And Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out, she went to gather grain behind the harvesters, and as it happened, she actually found herself working in the field 
that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem. He greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. And the harvester replied, the Lord bless you. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who's that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, well, she's the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. And she's been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, just stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Just stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they're harvesting and then follow them. I've warned these young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth, um, sorry. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. And she says, what have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied. But I also know about everything you've done for my mother-in-law, or for your mother-in-law, since the death of your husband. I've heard how you left your father and mother, your own land, to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. And she replied, I hope I get to continue to please you, sir. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I'm not one of your workers. At mealtime, Boaz called her and said, hey, come over here. Help yourself to some of this food. You can dip your bread in our sour wine. And so she sat and ate with the harvesters. Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she wanted, and she still had some left over. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, hey, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her. Actually, pull out some of the heads of barley from the bundles and just drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. And so Ruth gathered barley all day, and when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. She carried it back into town. She showed it to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Ruth also gave her roasted grain that was left over from her meal. And Naomi asked, where did you get all this grain today? Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you. And so Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man whose field she had worked in. She said, the man I worked in today, his field, his name is Boaz. And Naomi said, may the Lord bless Boaz. He is showing kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives. He's actually one of our family redeemers. And then Ruth said, what's more Boaz even told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the entire harvest is completed. And Naomi exclaimed, good, do as she said, my daughter. Stay with his young women right there through the whole harvest. You might be harassed in other fields, but you will be safe with him. So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's field, gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer and while she lived, all the while she lived with her mother-in-law. One day, Naomi said to Ruth, My daughter, it's time that I found a permanent home for you so that you'll be provided for. Boaz is actually a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his women. So tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now do as I tell you. Take a bath, put on some perfume, and dress in your nicest clothes. 
Then go to the, pre- the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he's finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down. Then go uncover his feet and lie down there, and he will tell you what to do. Ruth replied, I will do everything you say. And so she went down to the threshing floor that night, followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he laid down at the floor end of the pile of grain. He went to sleep. Ruth came to him quietly. She uncovered his feet. She laid down. Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up, turned over. He was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? He asked. I'm your servant, Ruth, she replied. Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are your... You are my family's redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do whatever is necessary, for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. But while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers, there's another man who's more closely related than I am, and so stay here tonight. In the morning, I'm going to talk to him. If he's willing to redeem you, very well, let him marry you. But if he's not willing, then surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here until morning. So Ruth lay at Boaz's feet until the morning, but she got up before it was light for people to recognize her. For Boaz had said, nobody must see that a woman was here at the threshing floor. Then Boaz said to her, bring your cloak, spread it out. He measured six scoops of barley into the cloak, placed it on her back, and then he returned to the town. When Ruth went back to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, What happened, my daughter? Ruth told Naomi everything Boaz had done. And she added, He gave me these six scoops of barley and said, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. And then Naomi said to her, Just be patient, my daughter. Until we hear what happens, the man will not rest until he has settled things. Boaz then went to the town gate. He took a seat there. Just then, a family redeemer had, he had mentioned came by, and so Boaz called out to him. He said, come over here. Sit down, my friend. I want to talk to you. And so they sat down together. Then Boaz called ten leaders from the town. He asked them to sit as witnesses. Boaz said to the family redeemer, now you know Naomi. She came back from Moab. She's selling the land that belonged to her relative, Elimelech. And I thought I should speak to you about it so you can redeem it if you wish. I mean, if you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of all these witnesses. But... If you don't want it, let me know right away because I am next in line to redeem it from you. And the man replied, all right, I'll redeem it. And then Boaz told him, well, of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, you know, the Moabite widow. That way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. And then the family redeemer replied, well, then I can't redeem it because this might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land I cannot do it. Now, in those days, it was custom in Israel for anyone transferring a right to purchase, to remove his sandal, hand it to the other party. This publicly validated the transaction. So the other family redeemer drew off his sandal. He said to Boaz, you buy the land. And then Boaz said to the elders in the crowd standing around him, he said, you are my witnesses. I have bought today from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. And with the land I have acquired Ruth, the Moabite widow from Malon, to be my wife. This way, she too can carry on the family and have a son in her own name of her dead husband to inherit a family property here in his hometown. You are all my witnesses today. And then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, we are witnesses. 
May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper in Epaphra and be famous in Bethlehem. May the Lord give you descendants by this young woman who will be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. So Boaz took Ruth into his home. She became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant. She gave birth to a son. And then the woman of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your own age, your old age. He is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi took the baby, cuddled him to her breast. She cared for him as if he were her own. And the neighbor women, they all said, Now at last Naomi has a son again, and they named him Obed. See, he became the father of Jesse, the grandfather of David. This is the genealogical record of their ancestor Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Abimadad, Abimadad, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, Boaz, the father of Obed, Obed was the father of Jesse, Jesse was the father of David. Wow. I think I get emotional in this story because I see my own story. I see my story in Naomi when she's crying out, you know, why has the Lord raised his fist against me? Feels like he's against me in this season. Why won't he work for me? I've done that in my life many times. I said, God, why are you doing this? This doesn't make sense. I feel bitter. And then at the end of the story, you know, the same women who Naomi told to them, just call me bitter. Call me Mara, which is Hebrew for bitter. Just make my name bitterness. At the end of the story, she says to those same women, here's my grandson. And those women exclaim, wow, how greatly favored you are. It reminds me, it should remind us, that even though this season may be bitter, it's not the end of the story. God is writing a longer story that he's in charge of. And that comforts me, and I hope it comforts you. I tear up because when Ruth says things, you know, to Boaz, like, what have I done to deserve such kindness? You know, she says, I'm only a foreigner. I think of my own story, like growing up outside of the church, not knowing about Jesus, not knowing about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, not knowing the story of salvation at all. And I think about those gray-haired men and women in a small country church in El Paso, Illinois, who spent years praying for me and then coming to faith and finding out years later there was a team of people that were just lifting me up. And in my own personal quiet times, I have screamed out many times a similar prayer, God, what have I done to deserve such kindness that you would send your one and only son to die for me. And I know we talk about that every week, but there's moments where it's fresh to me. It's moments where it just is like fresh bread, where it's just like, oh yeah, that's good news that I'm not just saved 
from a future eternity, but I'm saved now. And my past is forgiven. All that I've done that's bad or all the good I left undone, that's all forgiven. And I can exclaim like Ruth does, what kindness. What amazing kindness. See, Ruth left her foreign, she left her homeland to go to a foreign country. And anybody who's made the journey of faith, if any of you are walking in faith today, it's like that. It is that, sto- that is our story, that we leave what is familiar to us and we go to the places that God calls us to. And it's hard. And there's tears. And there's confusion. And there's long decades. I mean, she was married for 10 years, didn't have a kid. She was barren for 10 years. And then her husband dies. And then she's got to move to a foreign land. And how, how, we don't know how long she was there until this happened. And then Boaz redeems her, he buys her back, and gives her a son. The story of faith is one of trial, but it's always one of God being faithful. And the story of Ruth reminds us that even if it feels like God is not working in our life, even if we don't hear from him every day and the the clouds part, and, you know, he just is obvious to you. Even if in those non-obvious, subversive moments, God is at work. In our relationships, in our marriages, in our friendships, in our jobs, he cares about every detail of our life. But I believe that Ruth left her homeland to go to a foreign country because she believed there was a better land. She believed in Naomi's God. She believed there was something better on the other side. And to me, it reminds me very uh, emotionally, it reminds me of my aunt. I have an aunt, Ham, from Vietnam. And her dad sent her and her siblings during the Vietnam War on a boat, on a cargo boat, across the ocean and sewed jewelry into their clothes. He was a jeweler in Vietnam. So that when they got there, they had something to barter with. And when she arrived, not speaking the language, not knowing anybody with little jewels sewn into her clothes, some gracious government worker said, let me help you find a family to live with. And somehow from the coast ended up in Goodfield, Illinois, near Peoria, Illinois, and was adopted by my grandpa and grandma, who had, by the way, eight kids already, and adopted her as their ninth daughter. And I think about, why did, why did her dad do that? Why would you risk putting your kids on a boat? Because there was a better land. Because there is something, but there was a hopefulness to it. And my prayer for us this morning as community, as as a family, is that the story of Ruth would remind us to keep leaving what is familiar, what is comfortable, and going to a foreign land. We would keep having faith Taking steps with Jesus, knowing he's leading us to a better country, even if it doesn't make sense, right? Even if it doesn't make sense, that we would keep taking steps of faith. Ruth reminds us of that. And my favorite part about the story of Ruth is that she ends up in the very first chapter of the New Testament. (laughs) It's my favorite part. I mean, here in the book of Matthew, if you've ever read the first book of the New Testament where it starts telling the story of Jesus, it's weird the women that are in that genealogy are weird. They're, they're really weird, all right? The first woman to be mentioned in Matthew chapter 1, verse 3 is Tamar, and she's an adulteress. 
She's mentioned in the genealogy of the Savior. The next woman is Rahab, by the way, prostitute. Yeah, she's in the genealogy. The next woman, Ruth, a non-Jewish Moabite woman. The next woman, Bathsheba, who cheated on her husband. Probably didn't have a choice in this, you know, probably didn't have a matter of saying that. But she did. And then there's Mary, who's also unlikely as the mother of Jesus. And so for us today, maybe you're feeling unlikely. That God maybe, maybe can't use you or maybe won't, whatever reason. I'm here to tell you, read a genealogy. Discover for yourself. Doesn't matter where you come from or what you did. God wants to involve you in his story. And every week, we take a minute and we, we take communion every week because it's a way of us actually physically participating in the story of God. It's a way of taking the bread that represents Jesus' body that was broken on the cross, dipping it in the juice that represents his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins, and literally ingesting it into our bodies as a way of participating in the story. And so, I'm going to pray, and then whenever you're ready... I want to invite you before you take communion, just say a quick prayer of God, help me believe that you want to use me like you used Ruth. Help me believe that you have a part in your story for me. And then whenever you want to, you can go take communion, okay? Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for the story of Ruth. It's a, it's a very moving story that reminds us that you, Jesus, you came to seek and save that which is lost. <laughs> Jesus, when you were on earth, you said a doctor doesn't come to heal the healthy. A doctor comes to heal the sick. And so together, as we take communion this morning, we, just, we cry out, have mercy on us, God. Our souls are sick in ways that we can't fix. So would you transform us from the inside out as we take communion this morning, your body, your blood, as we remember this morning, cleanse us from the inside out. Hey, thanks for listening to the Life and Rhythm podcast. If you'd like to know more about Rhythm Community Church, you can go online at rhythm.community. Peace.